I used to have to-do lists all over the house, <laughs> and now I don't have any to-do lists. I figure if something's important enough, it'll get done, and I'll remember it, but I don't keep sticky notes everywhere anymore. There's mm-hmm. just, I mean, the most important things are time with family. Hi, friends, and welcome to this episode of Today I Am Enough. I'm your host, Kara Murray, and together we will bravely discover truth and joy through sharing our stories and we will also discover how we can feel and know that we are enough. Hello and welcome to this episode of Today I Am Enough. I am here with one of my good friends, Evelyn Nelson, and she is going to share her story with us and I'm so excited about that. So Evelyn, why don't you introduce yourself? My name is Evelyn. Um, So I have three cute kids, one of them is 14, he's my oldest, and then my middle child is Natalie, she's 11, and Nicole is my youngest, she is 8. They're so cute, and you're married to Jeremy, and how long have you been married? Um, 14 or 15 years, (laughs) I can't remember. 15, I think. I think it's 15. Yeah, 15. We can double check. We, we celebrated 14 in the hospital, so 15. 15? Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Evelyn has an incredible story, and she's been gracious enough to be willing to share that with us, and I'm so thrilled to have this opportunity. So I'm just going to turn it over to you. All right. Okay. So I'm going to give the medium-length story, not the full <laughs> version. Um, so in April 2016, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and we went through all sorts of doctor's appointments and madness and craziness getting ready for my first treatment. So I had my first treatment in May of chemotherapy, and they decided to do adromycin, also known as the red devil, because it's bright red and oh. dangerous. Um, <laughs> Apparently, (laughs) very toxic. (laughs) So I got the first treatment, and my mom came out to help me. She figured she'd be here for a week or so to help me in that first round. And a week later, I was feeling really sick that morning. I took a shower and almost passed out and was feeling really, really sick. So my mom called and rescheduled my appointment. They said if she's that sick, she needs to come in which I'm so glad that she told me because she saved my life. (laughs) Yeah, so we on the way to the car, I was throwing up. I was walking on my hands and knees because I couldn't even stand up. I was so weak. So we got there, and they did blood checks, and it took a while, and I collapsed on the floor in the hallway, and I couldn't get up. So they took me to the ER, and we found out later the blood test showed that I didn't have any white blood cells left. Holy cow. At zero. So it took forever to get checked into the ER. And during that time, I kept thinking I had to go to the bathroom. And I really had to pee, but I couldn't go mm-hmm. to the bathroom. And so we were trying and trying and trying. And I was so in so much pain. By the time they got me back to the room, I was like screaming at the doctor. I'm like, get a catheter right now. Aww. And Jeremy's like, I've never seen you like that. Never seen you so <laughs> mad. Um but that's one of the signs of septic shock, I guess, is not being able to go oh. to the bathroom. So, yeah, you know, um, right? <laughs> yeah, and they, so I don't remember much after that, it's kind of all a blur, but they took me to the ICU. The bishop 
came and gave Jeremy a blessing. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was in a lot of pain. And they finally got my pain under control, and Jeremy was happy. Except they didn't know at the time that I had gone into a coma. So, really? Was, <laughs> yeah. They just missed that? They just thought you were resting or something? Yeah. And so, That's interesting. then once I realized I was in a coma, I was like, oh, okay, well. So, I was in a coma for almost three weeks. Mm-hmm. And on the third day of my coma, I had a cardiac arrest. And I died. I had a little near-death experience I'll talk about later. Okay. Yeah, so they revived me, and like I said, I was in a coma for almost three weeks. So the kids missed me, and they had little sleepovers at the hospital. So cute. While I was in the coma, and they came and slept on the couch in the waiting mm-hmm. room and painted my toenails. Just did stuff with me while I was asleep. That's so cute. <clears throat> So I finally woke up from the coma, and I was intubated, and I don't think I could move a lot at that point. Do you remember waking up? Um, not really. I remember being awake. <laughs> not <laughs> right. really when I woke up, but... Um, Were you surprised by how much time had passed? I don't even know if I was aware of... Aware of any of it? Any of it, yeah. yeah. Mm. So I was in ICU for a while. They took out the, the um, intubation tube. And I remember I was there for a while, and then they moved me to um, kind of a nursing facility, mm-hmm. like a specialized nursing care. Yeah, I remember that. And I, <laughs> they thought that I was getting better, yeah. and then a couple of days in, I started having really bloody diarrhea, mm-hmm. and they suspected that I had a hole in my bowel. So they moved me back to the ICU, and they were all like, why are you guys back? <laughs> it's not good to see you again. Because <laughs> they all knew us really well. Yeah. Um, and so the doctors did some imaging, and they were going to do a colonoscopy, and they actually started it. And the doctor came back and said, no, let's just take her to surgery. And that saved my life, actually. Wow. That would have killed me, because I had a hole the size of a quarter in my colon. Wow. So if they had flushed it, then I would be dead. Right. Wow. So they did that surgery, and once again, I was intubated. And this time, it was for a long time, because I couldn't breathe Mm -hmm. on my own. I don't know how long it was in, but I hated that. It would be so uncomfortable. Like, I can't even imagine. Well, it was hard, because I was fully aware and awake, and I couldn't communicate with anybody. I couldn't tell them anything. Mm -hmm. I had to communicate by blinking. Which is so frustrating. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> I know. It could be so slow, too. Like, yeah, like... Yes, going no questions. Well, yeah, and she'd go through... My mom would have this alphabet page, and she'd go through and say the letters. And wow. by the time I got halfway through, I'd forget what I was spelling. I was like, oh, never, never mind. mind. <laughs> that is not important. I don't need that. Never mind. <laughs> she could always oh. tell it was so frustrating for me and for her. I bet. It's hard. That'd be so hard. Yeah. <laughs> And um, finally, we got the tube out, and they did a trach. So I had the trachostomy, and then during that time, I had... So the first chemo worked so well, besides putting me in a coma, it (laughs) shrank my tumor, like, by 30%. Yeah. So they're able to do the surgery three months earlier than planned. Mm -hmm. So I had the mastectomy done while I was in the hospital. 
So during that time, I was relearning how to breathe and walk and eat and talk and do everything all over again. And then they decided to start chemo again. Was that scary? Yes, it was terrifying. Um, it was like scary as someone that just knew you. Like yeah. it's just one of your friends. We were like, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was terrifying. We were just like, I don't know. What's gonna and happen? My oncologist was so great. He was like, we'll just do one at a time. We'll take your vitals every 15 minutes. You're yeah. in the hospital. If anything happens, you're worried. You and you didn't get the same chemo. No, it was a different <laughs> one. A different, a much milder chemo yes. that time, yes. <laughs> and so he's like, we'll just take it one at a time. Yeah, like I said, I had to relearn how to walk and talk and move everything all over again. Couldn't do anything. And it made me realize how I have a new found respect for babies. <laughs> like, learning right. how to walk is so hard. Your head is so heavy. Yeah. <laughs> like, Who knew, realize, right? Yeah, you don't realize how heavy your head is. Until you can't, Until you like, can't hold walk. it up. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, interesting. And then... What was the hardest thing you had to relearn, do you think? Um, or was it all just hard in different ways? It was all hard in different ways. Yeah. I think, well, and it was frustrating because I thought, well, once I learn how to walk, I can go home. So I was like, I'll do whatever it takes. And then once I learned how to walk, they're like, you still have, you still have to do this and this and this. And I was so frustrated. No. <laughs> I was like, but I can walk now. Let me go home. Mm-hmm. But I had to learn how to go up and down stairs mm-hmm. and right. walk long distance and use my hands and all overrated. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's hard. I was in the hospital 102 days, which yeah. is forever. So I finally got time. to come home, and it was it was really hard being home. It was great and wonderful, but hard in different ways mm-hmm. to get around and used to being home and yeah, just finding yeah. a different routine yes, here yeah. without all those people. Yeah, yeah. I was worried that the kids would expect their old mom home, like, yeah, you know, like, everything I could do, I couldn't do anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so it was hard, because I didn't know what they were planning on when I came home. But they did so good helping me, and they still help me a lot, and they know, like, I can't do certain things anymore. But yeah, it's been quite the journey since I've been home. Um, so we did, we finished that chemo and I got to, we were supposed to do 12 and I got to number nine and my no, my fingers and my toes are totally numb. And oh. so he decided to stop and he's like, honestly, I didn't think we'd get this far. I only thought we'd get to like six. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> did you? you tell us that? <laughs> Might as well try to exceed his yes. expectations, right? So then I did radiation and... After a couple months, I did another PET scan. They found more cancer. So we did another round of chemo, another round of radiation. We did another PET scan, found more cancer. I did more chemo, so that was my fourth round of chemo. And what time is this now? Uh, just. Is this one you just barely did? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so. What it's October. It's November now. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like Septemberish, August, maybe yeah. that you started it that last round. So that was my third round. Okay. My fourth one was like I don't know July. I think. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, we did another PET scan, 
and they found that it had moved to my liver and so we just decided I'm done with chemo and treatment so it's they told me that if I tried another chemo they can't do anything as toxic as before because of obviously right. the risk to my life and um, so we had to try less toxic ones and because of my type of cancer I'm triple negative which means hormones aren't involved at all mm. so a lot of the treatments that they have now you see people like I'm like can't I'm on treatment forever but oh yeah it doesn't work for me mm. so the drugs they would have given me would probably only extend my life a couple months and so it just and make you sick yeah so it just wasn't worth that I was yeah. like let's just enjoy the time I have left and not do any more let's just be done so and just be happy with yeah being exactly. together yeah what qualities have you seen come out in your kids that maybe you didn't before this experience oh man so they're so much stronger and they've grown up in a lot of ways um their testimonies have grown a lot like their faith has been strengthened and yeah. they've become more caring and patient with everybody mm -hmm. I think just helping me has shown them more compassion towards others and they've yeah. grown a lot <laughs> they're such cute kids I it's been fun to see see different things and experiences that they've had yeah I will never forget coming here <laughs> with the young women and singing oh, to your family yeah it was such a sacred experience to be able to like just do something for them even though it was small Mm -hmm. But you could tell that it meant something to them. And I was so grateful yeah. to be able to do something and just um, start to see the strength that your kids had. Yeah. They're incredible. Yeah, I saw pictures when I got home. That was awesome. <laughs> it was neat. It was a really neat experience. And So one thing I've <clears throat> learned yeah. a lot um, since that experience and since my near-death <laughs> experience, which I'll talk more about, like, so I knew that I was dead and I just, I didn't see a lot mm -hmm. and I think it's because if I did, I wouldn't have chosen to come back. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Um, so it was just really bright light, like no shadows or anything. It was just all bright light and just this overwhelming feeling of love and peace. Hmm. Like just, I don't even have words to describe it. It was like tangible like yeah. I could feel love and wow. and I remember thinking like I should be worried about the kids and Jeremy but I wasn't at all I wasn't worried about anything and then um, I was having a conversation it wasn't really spoken but it was just yeah. like feeling and it was like somebody asked me do you want to stay here or do you want to go home and I said I want to go back and that was the last thing I remember <laughs> My word. And I had no idea when I chose to come back it would be this hard, but... <laughs> Are you yeah, glad you're here, though? Yeah, it's been really good. I think it's given my family time with me to prepare for me to be gone, which is what they all needed, I think. Yeah. And it's really, really put the perspective into my mind of that we are really spiritual beings, and we... We think we're here having spiritual experiences, but really we're here having human experiences. I love that. Because of the perspective is like we were alive once before and death is not the end. So 
That's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Do you think because of that, you've been able to see a broader perspective too as you've been back and just yes. change your perspective on everything? Yeah. Um, Jeremy is quite jealous because we, we've talked about this a lot. I think coming back, you know, everybody has like baggage or mm-hmm. things they worry about or things that have been in their past. When I came back, everything was stripped away. Like I didn't have any worries anymore. And That's I didn't worry about anything. I've been so peaceful, and yeah, and my kids and Jeremy have both noticed that and commented on it a lot. And it's it's been really neat because a lot of things that used to bother me or worry me, or I see other people worrying about them. Like it, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've, I think like as um just watching you <clears throat> over the last like 18 months I've noticed that with you too though like you are just more chill about yeah everything just like "Eh, whatever but but you radiate so you've always been a very happy person like you've always radiated a lot of joy but I feel like it's just been intensified yeah yeah it has I love that would you have any advice like what would you tell people well so I've been thinking about that and I've been thinking of ways that some things that I do to help me be more peaceful. And obviously a lot of it is my spiritual like beliefs and yeah. the new found knowledge that I have. But there are things people here can do without having a near-death experience. One of them is silence. Like just finding time to be alone with your thoughts and not do anything. Mm-hmm. When I first woke up and I couldn't use my hands, I couldn't move, everybody would come in and play on their phones or they'd ask me if I want to watch TV and I'm just like, no, I just want to lay here. Mm-hmm. And it was actually so peaceful just not to have any distractions. And I couldn't. I couldn't use my hands. I yeah. couldn't move my arms. But I noticed how many people would come in and play on their phones and just be stuck on their phone or their yeah. device. And I was just like, just... You know, turn it off and just be okay being alone and being mm-hmm. by yourself for a minute. I like that. Um, the other thing was service, doing service for other people. Because mm-hmm. even though we're having a hard time, we're still trying to find ways to serve other people. Yeah. And that helps a lot. That you know, No matter what your situation is, you can always do a little extra service. So we took one month and we collected a bunch of supplies to make little bags for the cancer patients at the hospital. I love that. The kids helped us get everything together and drop Mm -hmm. them off, and it was so fun. That's so neat. It's like, I want to give back to them, you know, the people who need it. That's great. So service is one. Um, Simplifying is another one. I used to have to-do lists all over the house, <laughs> and now I don't have any to-do lists. I figure if something's important enough, it'll get done, and I'll remember it, but I don't keep sticky notes everywhere anymore. There's mm-hmm. just, I mean, the most important things are time with family yeah. and helping my children, and most everything else is just doesn't really matter. Yeah. And um, one funny thing was when I finally could hold my phone, I had 5,000 emails. I was like, I didn't even want to look at my phone. So that's another, another thing. It's like, 
just simplifying our electronic lives, especially like deleting, unsubscribing from emails, mm-hmm. and just de-junking everything. Yeah. And when I got home, I got rid of a lot of clothes, a lot of books, magazines that I've been meaning to read that have been stressing me out. Just threw everything away. I was yeah. like, enough, I'm done. <laughs> Who cares? I don't care about any of it. Yeah. So simplifying your life helps a lot, brings a lot of peace by mm-hmm. simplifying everything. Yeah. Um, another one is spiritual study. So for me, that's like reading scriptures or listening to spiritual music. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people that, you know, they might not be Mormon or they not, might not believe in God, but they might believe in a higher power or like your inner being or a chakra or whatever. Yeah. Just something spiritual <laughs> every day. Just yeah. to help lighten your, your inner being. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. And you can just sit sometimes in silence and yeah, just, and just be, meditate, yeah, yeah, meditate and fill and, that. And, yeah. mm-hmm. So another one is having perspective. I've obviously been given a greater picture of the perspective, but just realizing that that you've lived before and death isn't the end can help put everything here into perspective. Like, things I used to be worried about, and I tell Darren, like, don't even worry about that. Who cares? Does In the long run, is it going to matter? Mm-hmm. You know, five years, ten years from now, does it really mm-hmm. matter? Yeah. Do you have to get to that thing right now? Do you have to do this right now? Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Yeah. So I've been able to let a lot of things go. Like and that, that can be so hard. <laughs> yes, it can be. It can be really, but it, really hard. it is important to remember that. Yeah. I have times where I'm really good at that, especially with my kids, where I'm like, this yeah. doesn't matter. Like, just mm-hmm. put down my phone. Facebook doesn't matter, yeah. like, at all. Yeah. But just to realize that and then just mm-hmm. sit. Even if you sit and just watch TV with your kids for a minute and just yeah. be with them. Just be with them, yeah. It's, I've tried since I've been home from the hospital not to let my kids see me on my phone. I want them to have my full attention and not be wondering what is she doing or so every time they come in I just try and put it away or put it down. I love that. So no more phone time when they're around. Yeah. That's a great idea though. And I used and it to teaches be them. Yeah, I used to be a clean freak too. Mm-hmm. Like everything had to be picked up and perfect and now I'm like, Oh, it's okay if you know, what doesn't matter. Things will we'll get cleaned we'll up fine. eventually. It's all right. <laughs> we can walk around. Yeah. <laughs> like, I used to be so OCD, and I'm like, it eh, doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously, like, things we have to do. Yeah, things you know, have to do. We need to, to wash our clothes. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do our dishes. Yeah. But, but yeah. to be excessive about it. Yeah. And just be free of that. Yeah. Um, the other one is gratitude. To be thankful for what you have because no matter what you have we have a quote on our fridge gratitude makes it enough so as long as you're grateful for whatever you have it is always enough i love that yeah and one last thought i had because <laughs> as we're we're trying to go through all my pictures and make photo albums for the kids mm-hmm. and the problem is starting with digital cameras like, my youngest, Nicole, everything is digital. I don't have any printed pictures. Yeah. So that's one thing now in a digital age. Make sure you're printing pictures. Making yeah. books or making scrapbooks is still really, really important. Because mm-hmm. now I'm having to scramble at the last minute trying to get all of them 
finished yeah. and tied up done and, and printed. It takes a lot of work. <laughs> yes, it does. And it's amazing how many pictures we take with our phones that just yeah, get just lost there. on yeah. our phone or in our computer. <laughs> yes, yep, yep. <laughs> we have this conversation, but yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, and um, one last thought I had that I wanted to share was um, I love your your title that I am enough. I love that because it's so true. It, we all are enough and we all need each other. Mm-hmm. And we need to not be afraid to tell others what our burdens are because that's the only way we can get help from each other is being very open and honest. And mm-hmm. I think of it like a jigsaw puzzle. We're all, we're all in this together. We all have different talents and different mm-hmm. things. And I used to think, well, what in the world? How am I going to help other people? You know, I used to always doubt myself and not really let myself be who I was. And mm-hmm. But everybody has a purpose. And we may try and try to fit in one piece, you know, like one spot and not fit. But Heavenly Father is the one that gently turns us around and puts us in the place that we do fit. I love that. So. We can it's all, true. we all affect each other and we all need each other. Yes. No and matter what our talents or, or trials are, we all need each other. And sharing our stories is huge. Yes, it is. It really is. Yes. It can, I think we don't realize how much it affects and helps other people, yes. even if they just realize that, oh, look, someone else has hard things too. Yeah. Because we often just look at each other and like, oh. Yeah, we just life is so good. Yeah, we, we just compare. <laughs> yeah, and it's so funny because even like my husband has like a cold right now, and he's like, "I feel so bad complaining to you," and I'm like, "Don't be you. Don't." It's be, hard for you. I'm like <laughs> having a cold is worse than cancer. <laughs> like even if I'm sick, I think it's a lot worse. And, you know, he's like, "How can I complain to everyone?" Like, how can I complain to you? I'm like. Trust me, your trials are hard. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't choose some of those trials over this. Yes. You know, they're hard. Yeah. I just get discouraged when people are like, well, I shouldn't complain. And I'm like, yeah. but it's hard for you. Yeah. Whatever exactly. your trial is, is super hard for you. And it might be super easy for me. Yeah. But my stuff might be really hard. Yeah, because there's things I wouldn't choose over this yeah. any day. Yeah. And I'd I totally rather have cancer. <laughs> I'd rather have cancer than some things too also. Yeah, <laughs> And we all get our different hearts, and mm-hmm. we need to not compare those either right. yes. because yes, they're what exactly. we need to fit your in our puzzle piece. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on the Today I Am Enough podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so you never miss when we have a new episode out. You can subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, your podcast app, or Stitcher. If you know someone that has an amazing story that you think I should share, or if you have an amazing story you'd be willing to share, feel free to email me at kara, K-A-R-A, at todayiamenough.com. I would love to know what your story is, and I would love to share it with our listeners. Go to todayiamenough.com. You can find all of our podcast episodes there, as well as blog posts. Follow us on social media, on Instagram or Facebook at Today I Am Enough. I hope you always remember that today you are enough.